Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life and inspiring others to bring the revolution home. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's. For over 60 years, they've provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, the products will certainly work. Check out their website at lehmans.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. to talk to um, our head homesteader, farmer, and beekeeper, Justin, to find out what's the buzz down or buzz up or whatever on the bees. Hello. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so last time we talked to you was about how the garden was growing, and that's been, we'll have to follow up with that because the garden is growing because it's almost like a jungle out there. But today we're going to focus on just bees. So, um, how ha- how did the hives um, overwinter? I know we had super crazy rains, which I think like the first time in like maybe ten years we've had so much rain. So, how did they deal with that, and how did they overwinter? Already, so it's been a definitely a couple months since winter. So we'll go back to that time. Um, it was the first time I've ever had them on uh, 30 acres, like a farm, versus an urban setting. So, so where it, was the farm? So it was Cherry Valley. It's at 4,000 feet. Their elevation was 4,000 feet. Um, and at the start, we didn't have any rainfall. So it was pretty well, how do you say, dearth. There wasn't much forage for them to collect. So I had to feed them a bit because of the lack of rain. And then the other issue was... So failure of sugar water and some pollen patties, just to get them a boost, um, because it was a tough time just before the rain started. Then we had the rain, which was great, but bees can't fly in the rain, so a little bit of a, a boost, a little bit of feeding. I've never usually had to feed the bees, because we always have them in an urban setting and there's always something blooming around here. So in 30 acres, there was, uh, it was unirrigated, so it was a pretty tough spell to start. So every once a month or every few weeks, I would go check them out, and I'd be nervous and say, oh, I'm going to lose them. Um, but the 90% of them survived the winter. And then with the rain and all the flowers blooming, they exploded. So I was able to split them and... So that was nice, and then what happened through to various circumstances, we had to even move them off the Cherry Valley. But speaking of moving, we had uh, we had put some empty bee boxes here at the homestead, and I was just storing them here um, in transition and put them on top of the arbor uh, on the garage. And one day, I hear Nisi calling my name and. She says, I got bees, so I went up there and there was a huge swarm landed on top of the garage. And it was just an empty box. I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. It was quite large. Took some video, posted it on Facebook. Um, it was, it's every couple of years, I guess because of rainfall, it's a really good uh, year for bees right now. I caught another one in the neighborhood next door tree from the school. And then I caught another one at another farm that I was picking fruit at. I said I had an empty box and I put it out. Caught another swarm. So due to the 
surplus rain and there's a lot of flowers then the bees are crowded and they're looking for new places to uh, move in so if you put an empty box out the chances are this time of year they will move in and then I gave a box to my friend a friend and he caught a swarm so it's a very happy time for the bees so what is a what is a um, like a bee trap how would somebody go about capturing like you say put a box out put it out a box what kind of box and filled with what or well it depends on it? how much money you have I mean okay. some people use a cooler like a styrofoam cooler punch a hole in it put some lemongrass or some attractant or some beeswax and the bees are uh, what happens is they get crowded they're especially in a good time maybe with the rain and the flowers blooming there's a lot of nectar and pollen and they get crowded so they get um, they split off a, a swarm and they're always looking for a new place to live so you can use a cardboard box you can use a wax box you can use styrofoam boxes well I had all this extra equipment um, bee boxes beehives bee frames um, sitting around so I said hey I might as well store them somewhere and I stored them on top of the roof of the garage and they landed there and then I had uh, I just stuck a box on the floor at the farm that I was picking at and just stuck a box top box bottom bar and some frames and the next week I showed up and it was full of bees yeah so I've been seeing um, boxes of these uh, coming in the mail these bees arriving in the mail so um, I know you're requeening them so I know what it means but what is it what does it mean to requeen the bees why do you have to get queens and especially why is it important to requeen in an urban setting you know it's it's uh, because of our urban setting because of our environment because of Africanized bees it makes me nervous when swarms are great and they're survival of the fittest the bees that survive or um, they split and swarm and all this stuff but what happens is over time they become more and more aggressive uh, maybe two or three years and it depends on probably not a hundred percent Africanized they could be a portion Africanized and so just because of our situation just because of the liability I requeen them uh, try to requeen them once a year just to be safe um, they're a lot easier to work with. They're a lot easier to maintain in an urban setting. If you're my friend has uh, 50 hives in the middle on the top of a mountain in Acton, and it's like okay, nobody's around there for you know 20, 30 miles, and it's like okay, he just lets them be and doesn't can't afford it or doesn't bother with recreening. Now the issue with recreening, there's so many different uh, races of bees and varieties. You can go crazy on that. I just tried to pick they say uh, a nice gentle uh, breed or from breeders bees from breeders and requeen them it's a it's what does requeening do to the overall like basically you have to find the old queen uh -huh. and what I would do is sometimes I split them and I would sell a nuke uh, this is basically a nucleus hive or split it and make another uh, hive out of it and then requeen that so requeening is basically taking out the old mean aggressive hive and putting in a new aggressive. domestic queen that's been bred hopefully out of the Africanized area like they're more 
the southern belt of the United States has a lot of Africanized bees, so I try to get them a little bit higher, a little bit north of that, just to avoid any African genetics. Um, and so what does it do? Changes it? Over about six weeks, mm -hmm. the new the bees will there be a new breed of bees, a new uh, gentle, and they take on the characteristics of the queen. So if the queen is gentle and things, the bees will be more gentle. Now all bees will sting. But I've worked Africanized hives, and you could tell the difference is like night and day. Um, yeah, so especially with urban settings, if people are keeping bees, I think that's what the city of Santa Monica, when they passed that it was legal to keep bees, one of their requirements, your requirements is you have to requeen, and that was very smart of them to do that because otherwise you're going to have uh, like feral bees in people's backyards and, you know, yeah, I mean, people want to do the survival of the fittest, and every every beekeeper has their own uh, opinion on that. Um, I have a bee class coming up on June 26th, so if you're in the area, please sign up, and we'll talk more in depth. But definitely feel more comfortable if you can afford it. Obviously, the more queens you buy, it's cheaper. Um, you can get some queens from Hawaii. You can get all these different varieties. I have to control myself because I get excited when I see different things, and want to try all these varieties and mix and match things um, but they're definitely you could tell the difference um, they're easier to work with they are more gentle when you open the box like they don't boil over they're not hot the term for a hot hive is uh, is like for Africanized they boil over they'll they just get really yeah, aggressive and really like defensive a, you can kind of tell they'll like you'll be in the yard and they'll just like hover around your face like they're like bees that are in your face. Bees shouldn't be in your face. Generally bees, really yeah, generally bees, most domestic bees, if you don't bother them, they won't bother you. Mm -hmm. um, Africanized bees have a tendency to um, attack or defend in mass. And so it's like a feeding frenzy. And then they feed off the frenzy. Somebody stings and they sting, sting. So you get multiple stings versus um, Bees will always defend their hive. It's just they've got the tendency to very aggressive. And if you're not wearing a bee suit or a veil, um, you could be, you could die. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's been a while. This I had these questions for you uh, a couple weeks ago, but um, bees have been in the news. There's been a couple articles about bees. I think France is like uh, banning uh, like chemicals or something for to save the bees. And then, of course, France, there was that article that went around that the bees survived on the, the Notre Dame fire. There mm -hmm. was a couple hives up there and there were people who were like, oh, they survived. So I guess they Yeah, but then they had uh, another one with the uh, speaking with the bees. Yeah, the so had, yeah, so there was another, was another interesting article that also came out, I think was the... Um, BBC? I don't know, some, I think it was a UK paper, but it said it was called the custom of telling the bees. And so apparently, and I was fascinated by that, it was in England the everybody had like a hive in their backyard and i guess they were skeps or mm -hmm. whatever back in the days and so the custom was um and it reminded me of that the lark rise the it was a bbc production about a town in england and there was the girl uh, the woman of the village was called queenie wasn't uh -huh, she queenie. and she was like the bee lady yeah and, and she would go of, out and talk to the bees yeah she would talk to the bees and i was like oh so that made sense so the article went on and said that the people had it, they would tell, like, who announcements, died, who, who died, died, who did that, who did that. And it was fascinating because um, um, 
Apparently, I don't know. I mean, they said it. Yeah, and then I came. I came across an article yesterday, I think it was, or the day before. They said bees can do mathematics, and I was like, "What?" So I go, you know, read the article, and they some symbols that they can read, and they would get uh, sugar syrup, and and then they would go find it. So they would actually did like mathematics. It was a pretty interesting article. But if you never, if you've never opened a beehive or been working with bees, I mean, most people are. A lot of people are scared because of allergic reaction, and I understand that. But if you ever have a chance to open a beehive and work them, it's like uh, my my comment is like the angels sing because everything is so perfect and they're all working in harmony, and it's a great, it's a very peaceful feeling to open up a hive like that. But you know, we grown up, we grown up around it. We have no uh, fear fear of bees. I mean, you have a healthy fear is good, but um, obviously no allergies. But. Yeah, so speaking of, you said we've been around bees all our lives. Um, Dad started beekeeping in 72, so we've always had, he had hives in New Zealand, he had hives in 10 acres in Florida, and then when we first moved out here in 84, he had some hives in the back, um, you know, in the back here, and even in Pasadena. Um, and then of course now you're continuing doing the beekeeping, but it seems because of, of I guess I don't know if it's climate change or everything. It seems quote beekeeping has become a little bit harder of a challenge because I back in the days I don't remember you know rural mites or I don't remember I think there was that time we came back from um, uh, one of the trips we went on um, and then we came back and there was a hive that was massive in our backyard and then we came home and it was gone. There was no dead bees. There was no it was just like there's a there. CCD or whatever yeah, the CCD phenomenon, whatever you want to trace it to pesticides, cell phone towers, or whatever. Um, there are issues now with beekeeping. There's um, obviously man gets in there and messes up nature, and they think they know better than God, or um, and they try to fix things. So what they one of the issues is they breed bigger bees and bigger bees cause just like in cattle bigger cattle bigger is not always better um, so the domestic beekeeper or the modern beekeeper has a different size frame than the average wild hive and so some people swear about the size the size of the uh, bees or the size of the honeycomb a uh, natural beehive would be like a 4.9 and uh, millimeter cell and the modern beekeepers do over 5, 5.1 or 5.5, whatever it is. Um, so there's some issues with that. Varroa is relatively new. Um, my dad started in New Zealand. I don't believe there's still Varroa in New Zealand because of isolation, but... I just remember the only time I remember we had a problem, like, it was like, what happened? It was in Florida, dad had about I don't know, 40 hives or so. And I remember he came in kind of, I don't know if he was upset or something, something, and he was like, I guess I have to kill him. And he, he had to bag him. Uh, what was, it was a, uh, well, I think it was, was it? because, was a, I think it, I'm. He had to bag him and kill him. Cause no, he got, he burned him. Yeah, so what, what was that? It was American, I think it was foul brood. He had oh, bought okay. some bees um, from some guy. And what they do is they treat the bees, so when you buy them, they don't have the symptoms. But Dad never treated his bees. So 
once the treatment wore off and the foul brood was obvious, he had to pour gasoline on him and basically burn him. Obviously, this is in Florida, so don't try this at home. Don't try this at home, but it was pretty... The equipment, you had to burn the equipment, burn the bees. Uh It basically ruined everything. So that was... uh, sticks in your mind. Um, Nowadays with Varroa, Varroa is a tricky thing. They have natural or unnatural ways of controlling them. It's a, and the the other people say the Africanized bees are more resistant to Varroa. Mm -hmm. So then people swear by the Africanized bees or the feral bees. Not Not all feral bees are Africanized. They just have, I'd say there's a percentage especially in the south, southern part of the United States, a percentage of the bees have Africanized the more uh, domestic or uh, what do you call it? races of bees you have, the more genetics. I try to get little, what do you call it, mutt varieties. It's not like purebred, like purebred dogs have issues, the purebred bees have issues. Uh, it's a very fascinating, fascinating, uh, co- uh, what do you call it, okay. stories behind everything. And yeah. So, um, any tips as uh, come down to the end of this podcast? That's yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. We're keeping them stay short and sweet. For, stay so, tuned yeah. for my class. So, any, like, so somebody who wants to get into bees or um, any tips for beginners to where, they, where to start? How they start? Do they, you know? Yeah, start what? small. A lot of the, if you go to Dadent or uh, Dadent.com, D-A-D-A-N-T.com, and just request the catalog, browse the catalog, um... There's a lot of fascinating videos out there to do it. You don't, it's a very, I don't know how to say it, very expensive mm-hmm. to get started in it. Um, okay, let's say this. It's very expensive to be a beekeeper. You could have, you could put a box in your backyard and the bees will take care of themselves, hopefully. Um, but if you want to work them and divide them and split them and get some honey, then it's going to take time, money, and, and effort and equipment. And that time and the equipment costs money. And you may or may not, um, I remember reading an article about some beekeepers and he lost, I said, oh, maybe, you know, I'm not taking care of my bees, maybe I'm not spending enough time with my bees, and I I said, okay, I should go out more often and check them, and then I read an article about a beekeeper who had a thousand hives or something like that, and he lost 650 of them, so 65% of them he lost over winter, and I was like, oh, wow, that's tough, so even the best best or the most attentive beekeepers will lose it sometimes it's genetic you can't do anything about it it's a really fascinating and frustrating hobby at the same time they look great one day and the next day they they'll leave they're up absconded and they'll leave a hive with no reason so obviously you can't ask them but it's a very fascinating um, start small it's a hobby it's and if you just put an empty box, get an MTV box, a nuke box, uh, some frames and some beeswax, uh, even lemongrass, they have some bee uh, swarm lures. You put in a box and they'll land in it and you'll have some freebies. Um, then obviously, it depends on how involved you want to get, just look at any hobby or any business. If you just want to do part-time, just keep a box, bee box on your um, property for pollination. Um, and then everybody said, well, you get free honey. And I said, well, no, it's not free because it's a hell of a lot of work. And you may or may not, they may or may not survive the winter. So um, it's, it's pretty 
it's a fascinating and fulfilling hobby and hopefully a business but um, we also like we think our end, yeah we need to and and we need to uh like i said we rely on bees bees are sort of endangered now so just even just to yeah i mean bees. you need it for seed you need it for pollination you need it for seeds for pollination um it's a it's a without bees i think we would all be dead yeah, yeah. you know in the, in the long term mm-hmm. um so you said you had um a beekeeping workshop coming up so well, june 22nd hopefully we get enough people we have it um we currently have 12 hives right now and we'd like to thank our bee sponsors uh there's a page on our website where people can sponsor some bees and get some honey so basically so, adopt a hive yeah adopt a hive program so we like to thank our sponsors and we like to help them support us to the bees because it, it's a it's a very expensive uh labor of love yeah so so yeah if you're interested in that you can go to our website and it's, i think it's called adopt a beehive you get some honey or come to the class yeah. or shoot me an email on my phone i have thousands of pictures of beehives and honeycomb and all this other stuff so i have a little addiction to bees and uh, it's a good problem to have. I just kind of control myself, um, budget budget restraints and time restraints, but uh, and space restraints. I wish uh, my dad said you could probably one person can probably keep forty hives. I just don't have a space to put forty hives. But hopefully, um, it seems so far it's been a good year. We moved some hives off the property the other day, my sister and I, and. Without putting it on a scale, it felt like there was a hundred pounds of honey in that hive. It was really heavy. So, hopefully this weekend for Father's Day, I go help my friend out and harvest, help him harvest his, and then return the favor and hopefully get some honey harvest. Um, there's no guarantees in life, and there's no guarantees in farming, and there's definitely no guarantees in beekeeping. Um, it's a fascinating, uh, fascinating business. Yeah. Okay. So that's the buzz on the bees here at the homestead. Thanks for telling us all about it. And next time we'll, I gotta figure out, well, I guess we'll talk about the garden next time. So stay tuned for uh, more upcoming podcasts of what's happening on the homestead. So, all right. Thank you. We'd love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden. Singing, oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom.